Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Alright, this is another club update discussing the transfer window, this time all things Tottenham Hotspur with Steve Magookin, former president of New York Spurs, and he has an election show over on By the Minute, which you can find on iTunes. Also, the man that got me into Tottenham Hotspur, Steve, <laughs> very pleased to have you back on. Oh, it's great to have uh, to be here with you, Kevin. And uh, yeah, I will forever uh, hold that um, uh, as a as a, a mark of pride to bring you into the Spurs family. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Even though you might not always thank me for it. <laughs> well, at this particular moment, I will thank you for it. Um, but let's jump into what was a very interesting transfer window for Tottenham. Lots of intrigue. Our director of, of recruiting leaves midway through the window. Uh, well, on paper, he technically was still in the building, but the signings we made, not indicative of his style. Um, we go in with a crazy late bid for Sissoko, but we'll get into that for a minute. I guess we could go through kind of chronologically. The first one, very easy one to get done. Wanyama had been flirting with us for over a year. Uh, I would have liked Witzel, who would, we had also been talking about, but Wanyama comes into the club, one of the most stable defensive midfielders in the league over the last few years. What did you make of this one? Absolutely. I think that was a great signing, actually. And, and uh, the way he has come into the, to the first team in the absence of Musa, uh, obviously Musa is, obviously have, has to serve out this uh, ridiculous six-game uh, ban. So we're kind of mixing and matching a little bit at the moment. And, and it's sort of shown that uh, we haven't really clicked, I think, in the first three games. And, and I think I remember talking to you after the Palace game, uh, and I remember saying, uh, if we if that game had finished goalless, uh, I think there would have been an awful lot of sort of grumbling among the among the Spurs faithful. Mm. Uh, but Wanyama Wanyama pulled that pulled that one out for us. I think his partnership with Dyer has been pretty good so far. But again, it doesn't really give us that uh, creativity, especially when uh, Ericsson's not firing as as he hasn't been for the last couple of games. But uh, no, on the on the whole. Um, I'm very happy with the Wanyama signing. And actually, I was talking to a Celtic friend of mine today who uh, uh, had great things to say about uh, about Wanyama's leadership and, and how he grows into the role. So I think that'll be uh, uh, that'll definitely be a, a plus for us down the road. Yeah, I'd agree there. Uh, Vincent Janssen, we should have gotten Batshuayi if we just had $30 million, uh, <laughs> to spend on Sissoko sitting around. But I obviously love the Vincent Janssen thing with the whole Dutch connection. It looks like yeah. he's done very well thus far, aside from scoring the goals. The Soldado comparisons are hateful and early. Uh, but what have you made of Janssen thus far? I know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed with the Soldado comparisons. I, I like Janssen. Uh, you're going to find that I like all the all the signings so far. I have a couple of misgivings about one or two of the arrangements, but. Um, uh, Janssen, I think, will come good, and and the interesting thing is going to be whether he gets a chance to play as a lone striker or will he play exclusively with Harry and play off Harry. And obviously, we're trying to cover our bases for any possibility of injuries and suspensions and that sort of thing. But I think there there are going to be enough games. I mean, Gillingham, for example, you could probably play Janssen on his own as a lone striker up front. Uh, again. It's going to be a test to see whether somebody who scores for fun in the Eredivisie can can make that transition, uh, and the jury's going to be out for a little while. But I like I like his effort. I love uh, the fact that he's all over the pitch uh, and he 
he and Harry seem to be playing off each other pretty well on the on the couple of occasions when they when they work together. So I like his energy. I like his vision, and uh, we'll 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 see how he does on the actual finishing. Yeah, I think the the most unnecessary uh, but solid attribute he has is he has a pretty decent challenge on him. In that Liverpool it's, match, he was shouldering people off the ball. Yeah, he, he actually reminded me of a, of a regular-sized Jose Dominguez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although that's probably a terrible thing to say. But also, <laughs> the, the good thing is, uh, wasn't there um, the, the Liverpool game where, oh no, was it the Palace game where he, he uh, got the shot away in the, in, in the six-yard box? At least he got into those positions. Mm. You know, it might have been Everton, the the one where Stecklenburg got down very yes. quickly, oh, and, yeah. and he thought he'd scored it. Yeah, you're right. It was it was the Everton game, and uh, and I I was saying on another podcast recently that I thought uh, the way we played in the second half of that Everton game after mm. we put the goal down and we came back and we were able to reorganize and and keep pressing and actually um, that was that was the way I want to see us play uh, in every game from from now on. But again, we didn't really click in the um, in the in the Palace game, that was a frustrating game. Uh, the longer it went on, the longer it looked like it was going to finish goalless. Uh, and then the um, and then the Liverpool game, where I think at the end of the day, a draw was probably a fair result. But you know, we that that could have slipped that could have slipped away very very easily from us. Yeah, I definitely uh, uh, agree. There, the next up, George, Kevin, and Kudu. In case people are wondering, we did actually sign him, although it feels like we may have done so eight or nine times throughout the window, <laughs> with uh, Spurs even poking fun at it uh, with the yeah. official announcement. Uh, very pacey, can play both sides, can play as a traditional winger or a modern winger where he cuts in on either side. I think that flexibility is really what drew us to him. Um, the people that that saying, well, why did we give up on NG? Very, very different players. Uh, aside from the easy, they're small, fast Frenchmen. Um, <laughs> but yes. uh, I, I feel like ever since we got rid of Townsend, we've needed somebody as a substitute option with pace. Uh, what, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. And I think also you could probably throw Yedlin into that mix too because we were giving up on on pace uh, there, although he probably wasn't as as polished or as finished a player as either Naji or, or Nkudu. Uh, obviously, Nkudu, uh, the, the, the king of Spurs social media already, and uh, <laughs> if, he, if he's half as good on the pitch as he, as he is on Twitter, then I think we've got a good one. Um, again, it's going to depend on how many opportunities he gets to start. Uh, he, I, he certainly makes the squad stronger, um, but we'll see how he how he fits into um, to a starting lineup with uh, with some of the uh, some of the peripheral games, perhaps. Yeah, I think he's uh, going to be used mostly as depth for both the left and the <laughs> right wing situations. Uh, the only problem I have with the way our squad looks right now, and, and we'll get to it in a second with the outs, is that while we have depth at every position, a lot of it is depth with players that are needed at other positions. <laughs> um, so, like. Musa Sissoko is probably the second best right winger at the club behind Lamella, who's more of you know a, a right attacking midfielder than a true winger. But he's also probably the second best central midfielder. So in a second eleven, if we do that in the Champions League, he can't play both places. Um, but Nkudu does add depth at both wings. The most controversial of Spurs' incomings, 
30 million club record fee, depending on what you think we ended up paying for Lamella. Any number from 26 to 30 with him. Musa Sissoko. Yep. It's never yep. fun when you sign a player and the team he's leaving rejoice publicly. Right. right. That you're taking their player <laughs> for what is an inordinate amount of money. 30 yeah. million for Sissoko, fully understandable if all you watched was the 5 yeah. 1 against us to end the season and the Euros, yeah. which is possible. This is again, I, 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 I don't know where to go with this one. Technically, we are stronger for having him considering yeah. all of our outgoings. And I saw many people saying, well, Sissoko is better than Mason, so it's a good move. Mm-hmm. But I would mm-hmm. much rather have Mason and 30 million than mm-hmm. Sissoko at this point. What have you made of it? I, I, I don't know. I mean, also, don't forget, and, and we can come on to talk about the, the exits, uh, the exit door. It was Mason, Bentleb, and Shadley all left. So uh, I was, what I was a little concerned about was that we were depleting the depth of the squad. Um, and certainly Sissoko, um, I think what the Newcastle fans were rejoicing about more was the price rather than the fact that, you know, here's a very unpredictable player um, maybe, you know, we haven't been, we as in Newcastle, haven't been able to get the best out of him. You have to trust uh, Pochettino and and especially Hugo Lloris in this instance that they can actually motivate this player to get what we know he's capable of. And and I think that's what it's going to come down to is we know what the guy can do. The guy's a very good um, uh, player in the middle of the park or out wide or whatever, and we saw in um, in the Euros that a little bit of confidence, if he's playing with uh, some good players around him, can can bring him up a level. And so I'm I'm I, I had misgivings about the price until you factor in what Newcastle owes for Townsend, what they owe us for Yedlin, and the fact that we seem to be, uh, I don't know, the, obviously the, the actual ins and outs of it, but we seem to be paying it on an installment plan. So there is a possibility they could, could turn out to be a one-season rental for the Champions League, uh, and we would be actually in a pretty good position um, after that, even if he chooses to go, because it's such an unleavy move, really, isn't it, to, to give a, a five-year contract to a 27-year-old? Uh, especially one that's not not a worldie, not a game changer, not somebody who's going to walk straight into your first eleven and make it instantly better. Sissoko makes the squad better, and that's what we, I think, were in desperate need of in this particular window, because the way it, the way it started to look with with Mason going, Bentaleb going, Chadley going, there was the sense that you know we've got the Champions League coming up, and you can't you can't compete in the Champions League with kids. As good as the kids are and as, as much confidence as I think Pochettino has in them, uh, Carter Vickers, for example, I think that's, you know, positionally we'll come on to talk about that in a second. Uh, there are a couple of players, a couple of the young players, Harry Winks is another, who are on the, on the verge of actually breaking through into the first team. But that's not the sort of depth that really I think we need for the kind of campaign and the number of games we're going to have uh, coming up. So generally speaking, uh, I was, my jaw dropped. Uh, when I heard that we had matched uh, Everton's uh, bid for Sissoko. Uh, but then gradually I came around on it. And I think, I think given the, 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 the axis of Pochettino and Lloris working with him and actually the rest of the, the, rest of the team, because he's coming into a team that has a, 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 an established set of really top-class players. And that's, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit before we, we went on the air. It's like 
nobody's really going to walk into our first 11 instantly and improve it. I mean, of all the players that were linked with us, probably Isco was was probably the only one that you could you could foresee walking straight into the to the starting 11. But what Sissoko gives us is a is another dimension and depth. And I think that's exactly what we needed. The money you know, you just you just have to bite your lip and do it. Uh, but the, again, the problem was he was available for that money earlier earlier in the window. And if we were that committed to getting him, you know, that we um, we we offered them a derisory number, what they considered to be a derisory number, and it didn't happen. And then, you know, we started to look around. But uh, generally speaking, the day after the window closed, I'd come around on Sissoko, and I I sort of thinking that that we are stronger as a squad today than we were yesterday yeah I, I do think uh that the Hugo point can't be stated enough because while players very rarely publicly speak negatively of uh teammates either on the national team or their club teams this is the same Hugo Lloris that was asked when he was captain for France if Ribery and Nasri should be let back into the France squad and he said no so this yeah. is this is not a player that is is shy with his honesty when it comes to players right. like that. And, and so I, I do agree. Tottenham are 100% confident that we can get the best out of Sissoko. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it actually happens or not, I do think is a big question. But, you know, we had we had similar motivation questions about Dembele for a couple of years. Yeah. And then and then he came out and was phenomenal for us last season. Yes. So, yeah. so if we can get that kind of return, Sissoko can be a good player for us. I do not think he can ever match... The thirty million we paid for him. I, I don't think there's a thing he could do at, at this club to equate that monetary value that could have been spent elsewhere. But yeah, he's at the club. Hopefully, he does well. We'll back him now. Yep. He needs to burn that Arsenal kit he had, or <laughs> score against them. Uh, yeah. Either of those really would do the trick. Um, I, I wish him well, and I'm optimistic that he'll come good. And as you say, uh, Hugo is very important to his, how he settles in and how he develops and how he plays. And uh, I, to be honest with you, if especially if we get back into the Champions League again next season, I don't think he's going to be our uh, records uh, signing for too long. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Uh, another big question, where will he fit in in this Spurs squad? Do you think he's more of a central midfielder for us in the Dembele mold? Do you think we'll see him on the right? Or is the point of him the flexibility? I, I think the latter. I think it's absolutely the flexibility that it gives you to move around. But I think it's also going to depend on who we're playing. Uh, and as I say, we had a very settled first 11 last year, but I think we have to ration out appearances uh, this season and, and be more pragmatic about when we play with two strikers, when we play with uh, a, 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 you know, a diamond or an attacking midfield formation or whatever. Uh, and of course, you know, he gives us that incredible cover when it, in, in case of uh, injury or uh, like the Dembele situation, a lengthy suspension, which uh, obviously we don't want to, we don't want to pick up. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. On to the outs. 
Nasser Chadley for $13 million. Some people were lumping him in with the other failures of the Baldini 7, which I think is too harsh, especially considering <laughs> that 10-goal season he had for us. And yeah, yeah. He, he is a player that most people will not see his contributions if they're only ever looking at the ball. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your thoughts on Chadley departing the club? I, I, li- I always liked Chadley. He scored some spectacular goals. And he just, I just don't think he got enough of a run of games, uh, in a, you know, consecutive run of games. I think going to West Brom is a good move for him. Uh, I think in a way they're kind of insulating themselves against um, Chris Brunt not coming back uh, to the level that he was. Obviously, you know, very sad Chris Brunt missed the um, – uh, the Euros for Northern Ireland, but I, I, I think Chadley's an, a, a very, very good replacement for him, for him um, in, in terms of the way they play. He scores some spectacular goals. If he's allowed to run with the ball, you never know what he's going to do. But um, it's it's always the it's always the issue, really, isn't it? Where you get players who need to be playing every week, and if they're not playing every week, uh, their functionality or their utility value declines. Uh, and so I, you know, I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he gets a good run of games at, at West Brom. Um, him and McLean, you know, could play on either wing and and uh, and create some some problems for the opposition that way. So yeah, 13 million, I think, perfect, perfectly reasonable. What we paid seven for him, yeah, didn't we? Almost Nine. doubled it. Yeah, uh, from twenty, uh, and we signed him because he scored a spectacular goal against us. <laughs> So, so let's hope that um, that that doesn't that doesn't happen for the rest of the season. But now, good good luck to good luck to Nasser. Sorry to see him go. Yeah, I, I was a little bummed. He came out today and, and said that his time at Tottenham was frustrating. Uh, does isn't actually surprising because he wasn't getting loads of minutes. Just uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Would have liked for him to have gone with with fonder thoughts of us. Well, yeah, but I, I guess he's sending a message to the West Brom. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing. <community> that- <laughs> That, that basically he wants to play. He wants to play every game. Yeah. The one concern with telling Pulis that you want to play every game is you might end up at left back. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Well, actually, you know, that's that's what eventually happened to, to Chris Brunt. I mean, he he um, filled in at that spot and, mm-hmm. and did a great job for them. So uh, <laughs> Johnny Evans also played at left back for them. It's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> rotation they've chosen there with no natural left backs playing that position. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I think that's a good move. Uh, a good move on both sides. We got a good price, and uh, he got a good team to go to. Yeah, and West Brom get an actually attacking player. So yeah. Now on to Ryan Mason, another outgoing, another academy product that we've sold for big money, thirteen million, as reported uh, from the whole side. We, I originally heard eight from our side, but then they yeah. announced it was their record signing, which means it has to be thirteen million or more. Yeah. That's a lot of money for him, especially considering we got eight from them for Livermore, six to eight for Huddleston. Now that if they played a four-three-three, they could do it with three former Spurs midfielders. I, I was personally sad to see him go, nice. just as he was another youth guy. He had been with the club since he was, you know, a very young man. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, really, just a boy. Um, Disappointed to see him go. Think he would have had to had a role to play. Sissoko is better of the two. Uh, how do you think he'll fare at Watford? At, at Hull, you mean? I sure do mean Hull. <laughs> no, I, I'm very, very sad to see him go. I loved his commitment, loved his heart, and uh, you, you know he he turned the season for us basically last year when he scored that incredible goal at um, uh, at Sunderland in the you know the last sort of three or four Ooh, minutes. That was a beautiful move, yeah. And and got injured as a result of it, and then really you know in a way hasn't hasn't been the same since. 
Um, can't fault them for commitment, you know, committed to the cause, which is exactly what you ask of any player that puts on the white shirt. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm again, like Chadley, I'm glad he's going to get playing every week. Uh, obviously he wants to, um, he wants to keep the minutes, keep his, uh, minutes on the field going. And I, I think that was going to be harder for him to do here, uh, with Spurs at, at the, at the top level. Uh, he wouldn't, I mean, for example, he wouldn't be our first choice in a Champions League game unless there was really, it was like a, uh, dead rubber or there wasn't anything at stake at the end. But, but um, uh, good player, always always loved his commitment in his heart. So sad to see him go. But yeah. again, like like Chadley, um, a very good price. We got a very good price for him. And uh, Hull are fast turning into everybody's All Spurs fans' sort of second favorite team. <laughs> um, you know, those of us who were very sad to see Huddleston go, uh, and obviously anywhere Michael Dawes. And goes you want you want him to have success uh so good luck good luck to hull and uh you know especially given their their current um uh their current problems with the uh with their managerial situation and the fact that they uh don't have a, a huge squad depth at the moment so uh good luck to them yeah um, the thing that frustrates me most about that dawson leaving is that it was nine years in and we had already scheduled his testimonial and then, anyway, that was a, that was a weirdly sad thing. Um, Alex Pritchard, another kid from the youth, was supposed to be the the brining br- the brining the bright and or shining, or you could combine them. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> he was very salty. Um, he was supposed to be the future of our attacking midfield position. Had been on loan for a couple of years. I think the West Brom move really stagnated him a bit. And kind of like what happened with Tom Carroll, where Mason and Bentola both leapfrogged him, I think right. Josh Onema, clearly the better uh, future player out of the two of them. Um, I, I'm not sure there's that much to say on Pritchard. He, he was supposed to break through you know, last year, didn't maybe next year, but now we have Onema who, who's run through the ranks. Uh, you think he'll be missed too significantly? Well, undoubtedly a very talented player, uh, and, and, and like Carroll, if he gets a little bit of time on the ball, uh, he can do some special things. Uh, again, it comes back down to uh, everyone on your squad should be uh, replaceable. If if you can identify an upgrade and you can actually move somebody in to um, push the overall performance of the squad up then that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, as much as you get attached to to players, especially who come through the, the youth ranks and you want to see them do well and and, uh, and perform at the highest level. But I think you're right. I think what you said about Pritchard and about Tom Carroll as well is that you get to the point where there are only so many seasons where they can make a, an exponential jump from one season's performance to the next. Uh, and uh, probably for Alex, that had that had come to the to the end. Yeah, and then lastly, you did mention him already. Right back, also maybe just the track star DeAndre Yedlin. I don't. Did he ever play for us? I, I don't think he did. I, I honestly don't think he ever played in a Tottenham shirt in a com- competitive match. That out of the way. Um, that's, that's a really interesting question. I'm trying to. Th- I'm racking my brain now to think if he came on as a sub at any at any point. And he certainly. I mean, he played most of the season at Sunderland when he went to he Sunderland on loan. Well, he's much better than Billy Jones. <laughs> right. 
Right. Uh, again, as you say, great athlete, um, and uh, good luck to him if he if he can if he can get more games if he can play every day. Um, you know, quite frankly, talking of Sunderland, if if we could have had Jermaine Defoe back last year, yeah. I would have I would have taken it all day long. But you know, good luck to Yedlin. Yeah. All right. Now, big contract news uh, coming across our desks right before we started recording is the four-year extension of Christian Eriksen. He'll now be on 75K a week, which is basically double what he was on previously. How important was it for Tottenham to lock him down long-term? Oh, hugely important, and, and important for him as a player as well. Uh, as you said, uh, we, we were chatting in, uh, immediately before we went on air. I mean, it's still... Uh, you, you sort of always think if somebody signs a long-term deal... Uh, for double their salary, that the next step is um, that they leave because it's essentially just guaranteeing their salary wherever they go. Uh, who knows? Who knows with with Christian? I I wonder. He he'd certainly based on his performances last season. He certainly deserved a contract extension, and he deserved that that huge increase. Um, but you know he hasn't he hasn't really clicked the first three games of the season, and they obviously he scored that lovely goal. Uh, for Denmark the other night in the World Cup qualifier, but um, I'm I'm glad that we have him. I'm glad that uh, Poch clearly likes him and wants to uh, build a team around him and and the rest of the um, and the rest of that midfield. So yeah, I mean it, it always helps to have have a happy player, uh, even though they're um, they're still they're, you, there's always going to be there's always going to be speculation about, uh, you know, will he go to Juventus or, will, you know, where will he, where will he end up? But, um, but we'll see. I'm happy he's with us for now. Yeah. And, and I would argue that uh, if you'll recall with Jan Vertonghen, there was that one year where he was just fuming because he didn't get his move to Barcelona. And then still as of yet, has yet to really return to that performance level from his first season. I, I don't want to be too harsh on Ericsson. But I think he may have played his way out of that mega move that everyone always expected from mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Like, like re- remember when he was leaving Ajax, there was talk about him going to Barcelona and starting then. Right. Which was two or three years ago. And, and we were talking about kind of plateau and development that we saw with Pritchard and Carroll. Obviously, Eriksen at a hilariously much higher level. Yes. But yes. has he truly improved mm. in his three years with us? I mean, I'd say to an extent, but but not enough... To garner that kind of move for for mm-hmm. me anyway. That's that's an interesting that's an interesting approach actually, and I I think there might be something to that. And I think we'll we'll get a clearer idea as the season develops uh, if he can get back to his best. And I mean, we all know what he's capable of, and it's more than just um, it's more than just the dead balls. It's more than just the free kicks. His vision when he's when he's on, oh, when he's turned on, he's as good as as good as Modric. It really is the way he sees the pass, the way he can find the pass for um, you know Kane or or Walker or whoever it is is running into the channels um, is remarkable. He's a terrific player, and he's still young, of course. Don't don't forget. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, your your speculation about whether or not maybe the big move has passed him by, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, staying with Spurs is a big move. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, talking about big moves, we've talked about the ins and outs and the Ericsson contract extension. What would you say is the best and worst move that Tottenham made this summer? Ha <laughs> uh, the hmm, good, good question. The best, well, actually, I think the best move was probably another contract extension. Well, maybe the best move. Uh, getting Vimmer on a contract extension was mm. important because I think we are... 
vulnerable, the, 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 the central two, if we get an injury or a long-term suspension to one of the central two, and you saw how crucial it was that Vimmer came in last year and was able to um, just, just play seamlessly in, in Jan's place. Mm-hmm. And that was because Toby was such a good player to play alongside. I think um, if I have a misgiving about uh, our depth, then it might be if if there's if we have a similar long term absence of Toby the way we have uh, an absence of Musa at the moment, and I think uh, I think Toby is one of our absolutely one of our our key players. Uh, but signing Wimmer, I think, was was a good move. Um, I'm still disappointed we didn't we didn't seem to be in with a shout for Isco. That was. You know, we were saying earlier about there was nobody that we signed who could actually walk straight into the first eleven, the starting first eleven. I think Isco is uh, that player and a, and a, and a sort of world class player. Um, Sissoko, I think, will will turn out to be a good player, um, but uh, I think overall we've overall we've strengthened the squad for the for the campaign that's to come, and uh, that goes from both the Champions League down to the to the EFL Cup. I mean, uh, it gives Poch a lot more options and he can bring on some of the younger kids and give them uh, exposure down in the uh, in the peripheral games as well. So uh, overall, I'm very, very happy with the, with the, uh, with the window. All right. And uh, worst thing? Uh, worst thing? Um, 30 million. Yep. <laughs> Easy. And yes. uh, do you think that this transfer window has changed where you think Spurs will finish either in the Premier League or the Champions League? Uh, no, not not really, because I think our first 11, our starting first 11, was always going to be pretty strong. And uh, I would expect us to challenge for the top four, whether we can... Whether we can make that work, I'm not sure because the other teams obviously around us have strengthened and had very good windows themselves. I mean, obviously, Man U, um, are just a remarkable transfer window, all told. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a more tricky proposition than it was last season. But I have confidence and faith in our in our starting first eleven, and uh, it hasn't the, the window hasn't changed my expectation of the year, um, but it's actually made me a little more excited about seeing how he fits all these pieces together. Yeah, and I think the very, very interesting thing is is when Pochettino was asked about how he was going to fit Jansen and Kane on at the same time, he said that this will challenge him as a manager to learn how to play as a, play with other formations. And mm-hmm. we've already seen Poch be a very good manager in the Premier League, but he's still very young. And the fact that he recognizes that there are areas he can improve and is willing to do it I think is one of the most promising things that happened at Tottenham this summer. Absolutely. And also when you think about where we are in terms of the tightness of our budget going into the, uh, the, the stadium plans uh, uh, for the next sort of two or three years, we're not going to be splashing the cash. So uh, you, you need somebody like Levy to come along and actually do the deals that, uh, that get us the biggest uh, leverage for, for the buck. Yeah, I'd agree. All right. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to plug anything on your way out? Ah, no. (laughs) I'm good. Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) It's just good fun talking to you. But but no, I mean, I think um, I'm looking forward to seeing how we do against Stoke at the weekend. and, And we'll take it from there.
I will plug things for you since you seem <laughs> hesitant. Uh, at New York Spurs on Twitter or New York Spurs dot com. Also check out his election show that you can find with By the Minute. I believe you said. Uh, That's correct. So yeah, do both of those it's, things. Uh, an Irishman and a Scotsman discuss American politics at various levels of nerdliness. So I think if you're interested in uh, uh, Hillary versus Trump for the remaining 64 days of the of the campaign, give it a give it a listen. Interested like somebody watching a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out. And I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thanks, my friend. Be well. 